Welcome to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast, where Pastor Jeff Cranston, along with our host, Jen Denton, will discuss biblical theology in an understandable way. You'll discover how to apply biblical truth to your life. Thanks for joining us at the table. Let's get started. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to Kitchen Table Theology. In previous weeks, we've hit some pretty heavy topics, but hopefully we've done it in a relatable and an applicable way. We just really dove headfirst into what makes the truth of the Bible so powerful and so useful in our daily lives. And this week is no different. We are going to be addressing the sufficiency of the Bible. And We're going to do it by addressing a topic that a lot of people, no matter your age, no matter your background, no matter what stage you are in life, always, always, always comes up, and that's this topic of God's will. Am I doing God's will? You know, in working with students of all ages for the last 20 years at different turning points, these endless questions come up. And if you're rooted in Christ, you're grounded in Christ, or even if you're not, this universal question of, does God want me to do X, Y, or Z come up? So we've kind of compiled, Pastor Jeff and I, a list of questions here because it seems like we're always looking for answers. So what are some of these? Let's throw some out. Let's go. What does God want me to do next year? Does God think it's okay that I buy this car? Only if it's in cash, according to Dave Ramsey. <laughs> Only if it's right? in cash. We're all about FPU around here. Uh, how about, is God calling me into ministry? Oh, that's a big one. Oh, here's a, here's a good one. Does God want me to be single, stay single? <laughs> do, do I really have to be single? What does God want me to do? Or, hopefully, should I date? Should I marry? Should I take that job? Can I, is this a good time to have children? A lot of us, we went through this. What college does God want me to attend? And there's a lot of should I when it comes to God's will. Should I, should I, should I? So there's a fear, um, not just among among young people, but older people. I mean, it doesn't matter your age. If for some reason we're not in the right place, doing the right thing, not making the choice God wants us to make, that God is going to be really hacked off at us. Um, now, I'm, I'm not talking about making moral choices. It, it's God's will we not sin, and he's pretty clear about that. But what we're talking about is everyday life choices that have no really wrong or right answer. And when it comes to making those choices, some believe, as you've already mentioned, that if we make that wrong decision, we see God as this great guy up above that's going to look down from heaven and say, gotcha, when we step out of line. Yeah. And until we get back on his perfect track. But, you know, God will intervene and close doors and open windows, as as some like to say, or send calamities so that we'll reevaluate our choices and finally get back around to doing what God wants us to do in the first place. So how can we know these things? You know, the first step is to always, it seems to always be the first step for everything, to turn to God's Word, to turn to the Bible. Sometimes it's the last thing we turn to, but... In the event of... Of all else, if all, all, else, all else fails, fails turn to the Bible, right? <laughs> but we need it, whether we know it or not. We need it to lead us, to guide us into this hope, into this great source of truth. And that's just part of what this podcast is going to be about today. If the scripture is sufficient for what we need, 
how can we rely on it? How can we rely on the sufficiency of the scriptures? Welcome to Kitchen Table Theology. Again, I'm your host, Jen Denton, and along with Pastor Jeff Cranston, we are systematically discovering what the Scripture teaches regarding theological topics. Our goal is to put the theological cookies on the bottom shelf where we can all reach them. And we seek to do this in a way that is very applicable to the lives we live. And our constant statement is because the real power of theology is not only knowing it, but applying it. So, Pastor Jeff, we've done this setup for sufficiency. We've asked about sufficiency in theology. What does that mean? What is the doctrine of sufficiency in Scripture? Why is the Bible sufficient? Well, great questions. And uh, if wherever you're listening from, welcome. Uh, so glad to have you. To the tens of you who are listening yes. and subscribing. But we really appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun. And um, thanks for joining us. Uh, really appreciate it. So we've been talking about various doctrines around the Word of God, and today is on sufficiency. So basically, the doctrine of sufficient, the sufficiency of Scripture, it's really a fundamental tenet of our faith. We don't, again, you know, a lot of this stuff we don't, we don't hear talk a lot about. about. A lot. We don't talk yeah. about it a lot. We're not in a lot of conversations about it, but. When we say that the scriptures are sufficient, here's we we mean that the Bible is all we need to equip equip us for a life of faith and a life of service. Uh, it it provides for us a very clear demonstration of God's intention to restore this broken relationship that we have between us and Him because of sin. Um, the Bible clearly demonstrates to us about the Lord Jesus, our Savior, through the gift of faith. And the sufficiency of Scripture means that there are no other writings, no other revelation is necessary for that good news to be understood, the gospel. No other writings, no other revelations are required to help equip us for a life of faith. All we need to live the life God calls us to live, to understand the gospel and so forth, is in the Bible, and it's true, and it's inerrant and fallible. We've talked about that in previous podcasts, you know, and and therefore it's all we need. We, we've we've already learned up to now that Scripture is God breathed. Second um, uh, Timothy tells us that it's revealed to us. It's inerrant. It's infallible. So if Scripture really is God breathed, as Paul tells Timothy, then it can't be us breathed, man breathed. And although it was penned by men, Peter tells us, uh, 1 Peter 2.1, that those men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And what Peter's telling us is that no man-made writing is sufficient to equip us for every good work. Only the Word of God can do that. And furthermore, if the Scriptures are sufficient to thoroughly equip us, then we don't need anything else. So uh, the, the sufficiency of Scripture means that Scripture contains all the words of God that God intended His people to have at each stage of redemptive history. God's made sure that we have what we need, and, and now it, it contains all the words of God we need for salvation, for trusting Him perfectly, for obeying Him perfectly. That's all in our Bible. 
Paul said, all scripture is God-breathed. All other translations read, uh, some of them read inspired by God. And then Paul goes on to say, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God, that's all of us who are Christians, followers of Jesus, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And in your mind, underline that word every. This means that you have everything you need in order to obey God in the Bible. You don't need a special word. You don't need God to write something to you in green ink in the sky, although that would be helpful. Let's just be would honest. Would be nice. Let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> and I don't really need an open door even. You know, we mentioned that, well, I'm just praying for an open door. Well, sometimes he gives it, but, you know, we, we can't expect it every time. Now, look, God God is all-powerful, and he can certainly do what he wants, but he doesn't tell us to expect those kinds of things for him to communicate to us. He tells us, learn the Bible, apply its wisdom to the hard decisions of your life. So if the Bible has been straightforward about its own illumination, about its own authority, is it just as straightforward about its own sufficiency? What what does the Bible actually say about its sufficiency? Yeah, it does, really. And, and perhaps the strongest verses on the issue of sufficiency of the Bible come from the book of Psalms. Um, we love we love the Psalms, don't we? Psalm nineteen, verses seven through fourteen. When you read that, you see David rejoicing in God's word, and then he makes these declarations. He declares God's word is perfect, is trustworthy, it's right, it's radiant, it's enlightening, it's sure, and it's altogether righteous. And so the Bible, through King David, and he's writing inspired by the Holy Spirit. The Bible declares itself more than sufficient for us in all that we might need for this life. And, you know, it it does beg the question, why then is that not our first go-to? Why then is it sometimes our last resort? Because I think as humans, we, we like things that make us feel good, right? Like we like to talk about how God's grace is sufficient for us, but very rarely do we talk about His Word is sufficient for us. So why is it so important to realize that the Scripture is sufficient in addressing all that we need in life? Yeah, it, it is important. Um, you know, and that can be seen in many ways because of our human tendency to rely on other solutions to life problems. And so we turn to our management skills, we turn to counseling techniques, um, other methods. And you know what? They provide some degrees of help. There's no question. Yet only Scripture addresses the ultimate issues of uh, fallen humanity, of, of who we really are. Only Scripture addresses God's salvation through Jesus Christ. Only Scripture addresses the principles that we need for to live as a Christian by you know the power of the Holy Spirit uh, so that we can live the abundant life that Jesus promised to us in John 10. Another important aspect of the sufficiency of Scripture is it affirms the fact that God's ways are superior to our own. And that's what I think people push back against. Well, of course, because we want to be our own gods. <laughs> we want to control it. Yeah, yeah. that takes us right back to Genesis, you know, when in the, in the garden. Isaiah 55 says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So what may appear 
to you and I as the best solution from our own perspective might not always reflect the principles of God's words. Some of his ways, and this is where we really push back, some of his ways contradict our uh, um, our expectations. Mm-hmm. Such when, when Jesus said, okay, the last shall be first. If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, consider yourself least and so forth. Or, or uh, blessed are the poor in spirit. It, it kind of rubs us the wrong way when we're hearing these things that they, they seem to be opposites. Because it goes against reason, quote-unquote. Right. Yeah. yeah, and and what we expect. You know, we, we put our own uh, uh, parameters on, on God, and we, we sort of want to put God in this very nice, neat box. Mm. And that never... <laughs> That never works never, well for never us. Never goes well, never ends well, for sure. <laughs> you know, I, I love history, especially church history. And you go back to the Protestant Reformation, which is commemorated every year, October 31st. It also happens to fall on Halloween, which is kind of weird. Um, but that's the day that Martin Luther, who at that point in life was a Catholic priest, uh, he issued these things, um, 95 of them, theses, statements over in Wittenberg, Germany in 1517. And one of those key uh, points that he made reaffirmed the sufficiency of Scripture. And one of the five key tenets of the Reformation uh, in the Latin is sola scriptura, by Scripture alone. Uh, Teaching the Bible alone is necessary to provide the divine words for everything we need. And that was, in, that was in contrast to the authority of the Pope and the many church traditions of that time, which had been elevated to the level of Scripture. It was like Scripture end and not Scripture above our traditions. And even as more, you know, they, they, some traditions even were more important than Scripture to some people back then. And sola scriptura really reclaimed this biblical concept of giving Scripture the highest authority in matters of faith in life. And I tell you where you can see that. If you've ever gone over to um, Europe and gone into some of those grand old cathedrals, or even in America here, if you've been in some of the older churches, especially more of the mainline denominational churches, the altar was front and center Mm. because that's where the Mass or communion was taken. And the pulpits were often over to the side, Mm And you ascended these stairs, and the, the minister stood up there in this pulpit, in this box, but it was off to the side. And after the Re- Reformation, what started happening in church architecture, the preaching of the Word moved mm-hmm. to front and center. Mm-hmm. That's why you don't see a lot of churches built that way anymore, because the centrality, the sufficiency of the Word of God, uh, we said, no, that, that's going to be front and center. Uh, the preaching of the word, the word itself. So, anyway, that's suffici- the sufficiency of scripture. Again, this doesn't. Ma- oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So uh, let me push back a little bit. Let me ask the kind of the the pessimist question. I'm the proverbial person in the the middle row with my arms folded, who's taking all this in. Saying, I know. I've noticed that about you. Oh, stop! <laughs> stop it! Not true. Hey, I laugh at your jokes. That, yeah, that's, that's true. That's one of those things. Yeah. I give you a pat on the back. That's where counseling skills do will come in. <laughs> Very helpful to you. <laughs> so let's say, hypothetically, I am that arms crossed person that's yeah. kind of glaring and squinting my eyes and saying, okay, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's important. So so what? This really doesn't matter in my life. This isn't helping me with my everyday. 
What, what do you say to that person? Au contraire, is what I say. Well, let's let yeah, and at some level we're we're all like that a little bit, I think, aren't Whether we? Whether we admit it or not. Exactly. Yeah. And some people are more out there about it, but a lot of us, a lot of Christians, I think, inwardly, uh, you know, when it comes to the Word, we're very much like Thomas Jefferson in that, you know, he he took a New Testament and he cut out all of the things that were miraculous or supernatural in nature, and he had his own New Testament. And we kind of want to do that with God in our life. We're, we're reading the Word, and I don't like that part. The Word minus or the Word plus yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, I don't I don't think it should say that. Well, let's talk about a little bit of so what here. It, it is important. Let's say you're struggling with holiness. You're struggling with contentment. You're struggling with marriage, with work, with parenting, with children, uh, with simply knowing and believing God. And I think... Just in those things, I probably described every one of us here at some point. Why would you not daily immerse yourself in the Scriptures? They are sufficient for all that we need for life and godliness. So take it up and read it. And, you know, as you're doing it, praise God, thank Him for His inspired, inerrant, infallible, clear, sufficient Word. It's so important to us. It it. It tells us what we need to know. And secondly, it, we're, we're often tempted to look for God's will. I'll go back to that as we end here. In places other than the one place he revealed it. He reveals his will to us in his word. So as we ponder the will of God for our lives, we, we've got to be careful to follow the guidance of Scripture. It is sufficient to give us the principles we need uh, to know that we can please God wherever we are and whatever uh, we are called to do. So to answer that, does it really matter in my life? It absolutely does, because without it, we are lost in terms of guidance. We're lost in terms of knowing how to live the Christian life, how to pray. I mean, we're just lost without the Word. So the the doctrine of sufficiency, we need to hold hard to that, uh, because we can trust the Word, and as we trust the Word, God, through it, and His Holy Spirit gives us guidance. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, to share a moment of true vulnerability, I think whenever I feel that distance, I, I hear the, that still small voice of draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Mm-hmm. When I feel that distance, I, I feel that prick of, well, what's the Word saying about this discontent that and you that's feel? that's the Holy Spirit. And that, that's drawing, drawing me back. And, I, and that's my prayer mm-hmm. is that we continue to listen to that. And our prayer, again, is that as we discover and dive into all these topics, that the real power of theology is not just in knowing it, but in applying it right. in situations just like this. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us today, wherever or however you're listening from school or work or working out, and maybe you joined us here at the kitchen table. Thanks so much for listening. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line. Send us a review. Just shoot us an email. You can send those emails to Pastor Jeff at lowcountrycc.org. And let me just say this. Next week, next podcast, we're going to devote that entire podcast to answering your questions. Send them in. So send those babies in. I'm I'm sure there's been one or two you've had. Send them to me at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org and maybe we'll get to it 
next podcast. That'd be great. That'd be great. Additionally, you can also head on over to jeffcranston.com for show notes on this and previous podcasts. You'll want to catch up, fill in all that information. And we hope to see you next time when we will be answering your questions. Ooh, that's going to be a doozy. That'll be fun. I'm excited. Let's throw Pastor Jeff for a loop. Send (laughs) us some good ones. (laughs) We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast with Jen Denton and Pastor Jeff Cranston. Join us next time for more insights into biblical truth. If you'd like to know more on today's topic, you can check out the show notes at jeffcranston.com. You can also email us at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes? We deeply appreciate your help in getting the word out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or in your favorite podcasting app to continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's Word to our lives. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time here at Kitchen Table Theology.